Thanks for tapping into The Shift is Real, a podcast where we have casual conversations about growth, discuss stories of personal transformation, and share moments of insight. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. I'm so grateful to have you on this journey and excited to talk about these shifts. So let's get into it, y'all. Please be advised, explicit language may be used. Hey y'all, thanks for tapping into another episode of The Shift is Real. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. And as always, I'm grateful to have you in the space so that we can talk about these shifts and transformations in your life and in life in general. So check it. This is an episode from my vault, okay? This episode actually really inspired the current travel and transformation series. Uh, The sister friend that I have on this episode, she is absolutely amazing. I mean, she is a traveler. She's a mom. She's a wife. She's a scholar. She's a community leader. She is an activist. She is an interior designer. She is a creator of apothecary products. So much has happened in her life since we did this. This episode was recorded in 2020, so you're going to hear some old dates. (laughs) But since we recorded this episode, so much has happened with her brand, The Voluptuary. She's also launched a product line of, listen, fire, fire. When I say fire, I mean fire, (laughs) body butters um, and oils. I have purchased a number of products from her. She is doing interior decorating now, doing so many things. But I want you to just be in this as you are with any episode. And I want to give a disclaimer that the audio is not the best on this. So if you hear moving and shaking and rattling all kinds of things, you know, try to (laughs) just be present and go beyond it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your support. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tapping in to another episode of The Shift is Real. I'm your host, Tiffany Wright. And as always, I'm so grateful to share this space and talk about shifts and moments of transformation in everyday life. Today's special guest is a woman that I feel like (laughs) is just so extremely established. She is very open to leaning into all her gifts and passions and constantly learning new passions and new gifts that exist within her. She's extremely dynamic. She is a scholar. She is an artist. She is a mom. She is a wife. She is a great friend. Y'all, she is so dope and I'm excited to have her on because she's a different type of traveler. And, you know, there if you don't know, there are all types of travelers. But I love that she really just throws herself into experiences 
in the most genuine and unique way. She is all about absorbing culture and the real life of locals wherever she goes. When she goes places, it's not about stunning on nobody. It's not about, you know, what she's going to share on the gram. She really uses travel as a tool of enrichment. So I'm so excited to introduce y'all to her and introduce her to (laughs) y'all. Okay, y'all, so I want to introduce you to Dr. Anne DeRosier, who is Chief Experience Officer of the Voluptuary Travel, a brand dedicated to connecting people to the world via the five senses. With her extensive travel experience to over 58 countries, she also is a travel consultant. She curates travel for individuals, families, and organizations, and supports folks in integrating travel into their life with her education workshops and forthcoming courses. She also has a PhD, (laughs) y'all. She's highly established, as I mentioned. It's in contemporary learning and interdisciplinary learning from Fordham University. With her passion for travel and education, she ended up founding and becoming the executive director of her youth development organization, The World Is Your Oyster, which she established in 2013. This experience also informed her research, which combines experiential learning, positive youth development, and global competence. To that end, Dr. Ann has traveled with over 100 youth, taking them to places like Martha's Vineyard, Copenhagen, Denmark, and Stockholm, Sweden, in her work as a scholar and philanthropist. Give it up, y'all, to Dr. Ann. How you doing, sis? Hello, 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 darling. Thank you so much for the glowing introduction. Um, you know, it just it uh anytime I hear these things about me, it's it's always um a blessing to be honest, because you know, you just you have your head in the sand as an ostrich and you're working. Yeah. And um, you know, I believe in giving people their flowers while they're here. And so these these opportunities that come my way by way of just knowing beautiful people like you, um, or it's just a reminder that you know, I'm doing the right thing and that, you know, um, I'm doing God's work. So I just really yes, appreciate you for having me. Thank you. You on the path, you on the path. And I love reading people's bios. When I first started this, at first I was like, do I want to read their bios or do I just want to have it live on the website or in the podcast description? But mm-hmm. I like reading it because exactly what you said. I feel like it is, it allows like a mirroring um, experience in that moment for someone to see themselves, even though they're the words that they gave me, it's still just different when you hear people talk about you and gloat on you and acknowledge what you've done. Yeah, um, no, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, my bio is always a work in progress based on what other people say, uh, to be honest, you know, it's something that I, I do a lot of things. And so the challenge is how do you encompass how do you encompass as much as possible and as few words as possible? Because brevity is always, always important in the world that we live in. Right. But how do you make it so that people are interested in who you are and, and want to talk more about, about what you do and how they can do it with you. And so I think the bio thing, it's like, it's, it's a little cringe sometimes, um, (laughs) but (laughs) you know, but um, you know, it's cool. It's cool. Especially when you can, you know, I like I said, I, I consider myself blessed to have people that can tell me um, and that do tell me 
um, the impact that I've made in their lives and on them. And I think that that's, that that's really where, where the, where the motivation comes from and where a lot of that language comes from. So. And you've made a lot of impact. I mean, you made (laughs) making impact here, taking people abroad places, you having your own travel experiences. I mean, the reason that we connect is because we both, use a travel, a group travel company in the past and uh, have both gone on our own explorations, you know, not necessarily knowing each other, but that kind of brought us together. And so I know that travel is such a, it, it, it's such a transformative experience for you. And today I want to talk about that. Like, I want to talk about shifts that you've had in the midst of your wanderlust, in the midst of your exploration, um, that have really, really been impactful. So today we're going to be sharing travel stories, y'all. I love it. Oh, yeah. My favorite. One of my favorite things, for sure. (laughs) Because travel, and y'all know on the podcast a lot, I talk about travel um, because it is, I think travel and nature literally has and constantly are really, really big platforms or vessels of transformation for for me. So let let's start for you. Hmm, what would I want to ask? Maybe where is the first place that you've gone that felt like it left a mark on you? Um. Well. All right. So I I have to give a little bit of a backstory here before I get to that main story, because I think so. I actually um, have a book that I wrote about it's a travel memoir, actually. And I haven't. But, I, you know, I have I have dreams. I have a lot of dreams. (laughs) So that's one thing about me is that I'm I'm a I'm a constant, steady dreamer um, and I have no. um. For you to tell me that I have a lot of that I've made a lot of impact and and for me to know that I made a lot of impact, I think it's important to say that that is something that is because I don't I try my best. I'm not perfect at this and and there are and I'll get to that a little bit later I think when I talk about my travel brand and my travel company, but um you know, I I consider my dreams to be somewhat limitless, right? And I think we live in a world that tries to box us in a lot. Um, capitalism tries to box us in a lot, but if you're looking at, you know, as a black woman, you know, I look at white people a lot and for a lot of different reasons, not always good, obviously. Um, but if you look at, as, and as a new mother, this is something that I always took, took, uh, uh, took stock of when I was paying attention and kind of observing how white people raise their kids versus how black people raise their kids. You know what I'm saying? And I think, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of what, white people do is they don't put limits on their kids. Their kids could do whatever they want. If their kids want to dress yeah. like princess every day, that's what they finna do. Yep. Their kids want to be yep. Superman for three weeks straight, they're going to be Superman for three weeks straight. And the, the parents never really say, it's time to get, wrap that up. They don't really put limits on right. it. Um, right. And so as a parent, now I definitely want to pass on the junior life to my son. Um, and I want to instill that ability to dream in him um, so that he knows that he can do literally whatever he wants and he could do multiple things at one time because that's what I do in my life. 
Um, yeah, so you know, I started traveling because of my aunt. So, you know, we're we're from Haiti. So and I was born in Haiti and I was raised in Brooklyn. But my aunt, you know, worked as a CNA, a certified nursing assistant, and she worked two jobs for 25 years plus. Okay. Um, so I grew up in a single family household where my aunt was the one that was working all the time. And then my mom was like the one that was at, you know, my mom worked too, but my mom kind of took care of me and my, and my older cousins. And we all grew up in the same household. So my aunt traveled a lot. Um, when I was younger, you know, she, and she would always bring us back gifts, you know, and she would always take pictures and print them out and like make the albums. And I was always witness to that. And when we were, when I was 16, we went on a family cruise. And that was my first foray into travel. And it was with my family and we did a cruise and we did it the year after that as a summer family vacation again. And um, that was kind of my introduction. And the only reason I can articulate these things and I can go back and I can credit my family, my aunt for instilling the travel bug in me is because when I when I was writing my my memoir, like about traveling and everything, that's what I discovered by doing some reflection. Uh, the first thing I think that's super important and that's a running theme in my life in general is reflecting. I reflect a lot. I reflect all the time about what I want to do, where I see myself, where I've been, what does that mean? What have I learned? And I think um, the title of your podcast being The Shift is Real, the shift is never done. You know, like, right. you know, I think we're, we're always in the process of becoming as human beings. Yes. And if you think that you don't need to work on something or if you think that it's a wrap for you in any kind of area, then really you have lost the battle mm -hmm. of life because life is to live. It's not, it's, it's a verb, you know, right. it's, it's live. It's, it's not, it's not be stuck. Um, mm -hmm. And we will have those moments, but it's, so I say all of that to go back to the original question was what, what is a, what is a place that has left a real mark on me and I can tell you I've been to 56 countries uh and counting so I'm still going um and all of them have and and I don't think people like that answer so you know but I, I, can, I love it I love it <laughs> and it's something real yeah like, every place it, it it leaves some mark on you right like every yeah. place it transforms you in some way Right. You know what I'm saying? But I think so. But I think some of the some of the places that stick out to me, um, one, you know, I started international travel, you know, the first. So I also want to say that I, when I went to I went to UPenn and, um, you know, I went from Flatbush to the Ivy League and I'm and I'm and I will always rep that. I will always be proud of that because I didn't do no, like, no offense to nobody, no shade, you know what I'm saying? But I didn't do no program. I didn't even know these programs existed until I got to college. I didn't know about ABC and Oliver Scholars. And, you know, there's all these programs that help, you know, right. inner city kids get out. I didn't do none of that. I got in off the dome, off of my bomb essay, okay? Like, writing is my thing. And, and I've been working at that for my almost my whole life, right? So right. I stand on that because... Um, being from Flatbush and going to the, to an Ivy League school, you know, it's so much, that was a big shift for me, a very big shift for me because there were feelings of inadequacy, obviously. Um, I never felt imposter, um, imposter syndrome, excuse me, because I knew that my work ethic is what got me in the door. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was never concerned about that. But what I was concerned with, and this is a running theme in, in my own work with young people and in my own, you know, entrepreneurship, is that there was so much I had never experienced coming from Flatbush. You know, like I get to this place and I'm like, yo, like sushi, like what is what is this? You know, what is a chopstick? What is what is a your both your parents has been married for 25 years and you black? You know, mm-hmm. what, I mean? what is it that, yo, your parents paid for all your school, like up front, like they had that much money in the bank. These right. things were very foreign to me. Right. Um, and so was travel. You know, I'm meeting kids that went to boarding school. They had already went to France. They had already went to, and Europe comes up a lot. You know, I, I think we don't realize that um, there are sho- there are social norms. There are mores that, that anchor us in a, as a society, um, regardless of race that mm-hmm. people affiliate with, right? And and so for me, I had never been to Europe. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even have a passport at that time. So, so you know, I was in undergrad and I said, yo, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go to Europe when I graduate so that I could I could I could catch up and I can't people can't be like I you know people can't be talking and I don't know how to, I don't know how to move and how to talk about with them yeah. and around them. So I think experience is, is super important. But what I did was I studied abroad my junior year, I went to Australia. Mm-hmm. And I was the only black girl that went to Australia, right? Um, I was an English major and a communication double major. Um, and, you know, just much like anything else, it was like, well, you know, like, you get used to being the only black. Well, actually, at Penn is where I had to get used to being the only black person or one of the very few in these spaces. Because growing up, my schools were always pretty, pretty diverse. I'm a public school kid from Brooklyn and I, and I stand for that too. Like my schools were very mixed. And so I was never going to like an all black anything like, Uh you know, so that wasn't my experience, but I also didn't go to all white anything either. So, you know, so being in this environment, I kind of just had to adjust really quick. And I went to Australia. I studied abroad in Sydney and I absolutely loved it. But a big part of what made it happen, because when I got there, like, Yo, when I got there, like, shit was crazy because, you know, you do the math and you figure it out. And I got to this housing place that was run by the university and I was crying on like my first day because Mm -hmm. I have. And second of all, I packed way too much. Like I had my whole life with me. It was like mad heavy, two suitcases. I'm like 100 pounds soaking wet. Like it was it was a mess. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I couldn't afford to stay in this place. You know, like I just, yeah. it would have been all, my whole refund check for the whole four months would have just been spent on staying in this dorm. So I stayed for like a day and I was like, nah, I'm breaking, I'm busting. I, I, the hustler, the Brooklyn hustler and the Flatbush mentality kicked right on in. Okay. <laughs> I see people getting pizzas on, on, a, on a student card. I'm like, this is, this is where the money's going. The, oh, the money's going to the overhead. I don't need all of this overhead. You know what I'm right. saying? And like. The people to me weren't necessarily like friendly like that. Like it, I just didn't get a good vibe. I wasn't getting the right vibe, and I and I and I didn't realize it until I got there. And financially, it wasn't going to work. So I hedged my bets, and I literally went to the international student office. And now I'm an international student. Like there are so many things when you study abroad that don't occur to you as an American until your ass is not in America, and it's like, yo, right. I can't just roll up in the financial aid office because this ain't my. I ain't from here. Like this thing where I gotta go, like yo, where the office, where the international office at? And then they had, sure enough, you know, they had, they had posted ads for people that was if you want to rent a room, if you want to live in an international house, and so 
I found a posting for a dude that was renting a room. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, fuck it. You know, like, I don't got the money for this, this whole other thing. What? I told him, I told him I'm, I'm backing out. I'm backing out the contract. I can't afford it. Like, I'm going to just make my way. So then I, I called the dude up and I was walking around in the street, called the dude up and he had a Jeep and he came and picked me up and he was like, all right, cool. Show me the room. You know, I paid him like, I paid him for like two weeks. Cause that, you know, it was good. It was good because it, it gave me time to like figure out if I wanted to stay there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it wasn't sketchy, you know, so I, you know, I, I get this a lot cause I've done a lot of adventurous things and a lot of right. things that are risky. If, if I, if I tell you stories, you'll be like, nah, that sounds like some, like some taking shit, like, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, but it's cool. Like, but, but there's a whole community and network for things like that. Right. And, and, right. and they exist. And I think you can't. Americans root everything in fear. Like that's something that they instill in us as, as a populace and that people don't realize that until you get okay. out and you kind of just see that. Okay, wait, wait. I'm going to have to stop you right there because that, when did you realize that? Um, I think I've realized that, um, I mean, I've been traveling since like, I studied abroad in 2005. So I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I think I realized that like, in 2010, I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's that's the okay. that's, that's the agenda. That that, that, that came a little bit afterwards because that came, yeah it came that, out of the of everything. That's, like, that's a big insight. That is a, a you big gotta pay insight. attention. You gotta oh, yes. you know you gotta say you can't just like say shit like that and then not have no evidence to back it up. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's true. Nah, it's like true. I was like watching the shows that was coming out, the movies, mm-hmm. um, and I was like. Like you, and I'm, look, I'm from Flatbush. So obviously I keep saying that, but I say that because it took all of the instincts that you know, being from, you know, the ghetto, like to make it, to to, to be popping and to survive and to thrive overseas. Right. So this dude's right. like, ain't work out. There were these birds outside of this window, child. And these birds was waking me up. I think they were kookaburros, but they were waking me <laughs> up every day, girl. Like waking me up so early. And- uh, you know, the bathroom wasn't to my liking. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very, very clean. And I'm very particular about that. And I wasn't feeling that. And, um, it was like a 70s shack though. Like I appreciated it. Like the energy was cool. Like the vibe was cool. It was very different and it was, it was unique, but it just wasn't for me. And I, I didn't feel like I could meet anybody living there. You know, I felt like, you know, that wasn't going to work for me. So then I went back to the international office and I found another ad for um an international house and it was an actual house for different people that were coming in from overseas to study and to work and to do and I was like yo this is this is it this is like gonna work for me and so you know I I took that ad I reached out I went to do I went to go visit first see I picked up lessons along the way I went to go see the place before I committed right I met the mm-hmm. owner of the house I did a you know I did my little inspection and the guy he dropped me off. You know, like he ended up keeping like a few extra days because you know that's how that go. You lose the, you know, you take the L on that. Um, and then this woman, I paid, I just paid her up front and I was like, all right, cool. Like, here's the money for my whole like four months, because I'm not moving after this. Like, I just needed to find like what was gonna be home. And all of this took place in a span of like two weeks, or maybe like a week and a half more realistically. Um, and I ended up working at a Greek restaurant. For a guy named Tim, um, and I was, I was working for him. Yep, like I was working for him, 
I lived on Glee Point Road. So if you've been to Sydney, shout out. If you've been to Sydney, I lived on Glee Point Road. When I meet Australians and I tell them that, they be like, yo, you really did? Like, I was like, nah, yeah, I did, you know? Um, there was a 99 cent store on that road. It felt like Brooklyn. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Like, yo, like we lit, like we litty. Like it felt, it felt like home. You know, it felt like what I was looking for across the other side of the world. And, and, and I had to find it. And I, I was relentless in finding it. Cause I knew that, you know, like I said, the money wasn't going to work in the other situation. And I didn't see why I was spending all that money. You know, you gotta, you gotta look at, you gotta be, you gotta be a little bit elevated and advanced in your thinking like critical thinking is about understanding where you are and understanding what your place is in a, in a system and these schools is out to make money so right. they were gonna take my little six thousand dollars and do all of this and i was gonna be out here with no money can't socialize can't drink and i was like nah this this not i didn't come here for all of that so i had extra money so because i had extra money this is how i got introduced to sta travel because i was mm-hmm. walking downtown uh, Sydney one day, just like out and exploring the, the central business district. And I seen an ad and the ad was like, you could travel to South Africa with a stop in Hong Kong for like 1500 Australian dollars, which at the time was like 13 American. I was like, yo, that sounds really good. So I took my <laughs> refund money, the extra that I had since I made these moves and I had extra money. Now I took the refund money and I bought the ticket and I was working at the restaurant because, you know, I, I kind of like a little bit on the ticket and I said, well, I need some more money for like day-to-day shit. So let me let me make sure I get some money in my hands. So I was a waitress and I was able to meet people. And I actually met my Australian best friends. Um, they're married now with two kids. They still waiting for me to come back and visit, but I met them serving their fa- uh, serving their party at the restaurant that I worked at. And they ended up taking me out, getting litty, like, yo, it just just like it was adventure time on like 3000 like right. solely because I decided to just do me in the way that was going to work for me. And, and I love Australia. Like I had the time of my life. I missed home. And so I surprised, I changed my ticket to come back home like a day or two early. Um, it is very far away. Um, and so I surprised my mom and I came home a little bit early for things right before Thanksgiving. Um, and so Australia is like, will always have my heart because that's what introduced me to, you know, international travel. That's what introduced me to STA travel. I ended up working up. I ended up working for STA for two years, for two years. I think I worked for them like a year and a half or something like that. I worked for, I worked for STA travel and, and, and was a travel agent professionally, which led to me now having my own travel brand. So, you know, it's, it's when it's, when you move when you move authentically and a lot of people tell me that I'm authentic, but I, I just, I, I share, I impart a lot of these stories and I impart a lot of the wisdom behind the stories because the reality is like, the only thing I know is how to, is how to be myself. Like, I don't know how to be anybody else. Like, I don't know how to front. I don't know how to like, like be lying to people. Like, right. like a lot of people don't even know this story that I moved like three times when I went to Australia. Like a lot of people do not, <laughs> know that like so this is like gold you know in terms of like I love it I love it I mean well first I I love you know I love your accent you know I love it I mean <laughs> I think you it's accent to me but first off I want to say you know it kind of sounds like even though when we think of travel we're often thinking about like okay where do I need to go that's long distance it almost sounds like 
and I don't know if it's necessarily Philly or if it was Penn in and of itself, that almost sounded like that was like a a a really shifting experience for you because you were so used to what you knew in Brooklyn and it was just like this whole other world. Oh, this, whole, this whole other world where you got to, I don't know if it was like see yourself differently, but you saw yourself through another set of eyes and you saw other people through a new set of eyes. It right? was like that. It was, it was, I felt like, first of all, I felt like I walked into the Cosby show halfway. <laughs> Like I was like, well, because you know we so we did preview weekend. So Penn does this thing where when you're admitted, they had they got a they had a bus and they anyone who gets who could get to you know Penn Station could just get on this bus and go check out Penn for the weekend. And you know, I met my roommates. I met you know, so we all decided to live in the black house. You know, the black students hosted. Crystal, uh, who was my who was my host and who's now my mentor, who's traveled. I've traveled with her. She's traveled with me now. Like, Aww. yeah, like you know, it's it's so it, it's it's a white school, but we built this community in the black house, and right. it was, there were still so many juxtapositions of my upbringing versus yeah. you know, like my homegirl, like my homegirl, Doctor Harbor. Her name is Leah, but that's her last name is 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 Harbor, and she's she's an OBGYN now. Um, she was like, we don't really do, she's from, she's from LA, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, she's like, we don't really do this whole reggae thing. Like, what's this whining you doing? And I'm like, girl, let me, because this, you know, and, and so it, anytime I think, look, anytime you leave home, you know, period, if, if you go to a different, I mean, you're from, you're from California, right? And, and you, I'm sure you could have tested it. You leave where you're from in California and go to a different part of California and right. it's different. It's different. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So it's like, so you could either, I mean, you have, you have a few options, right? Okay. Here are the options you have. You could be like, oh, this is different and I ain't with the shits and shut down. Right. You could be like, oh, this is different. Let me see what let, let me see what it do and kind of just go at it and just go right. at it and see what's up. Right. Or you could be like, oh, this is different. And I'm like, I don't really know what to do. So I'ma like stay in my I'ma like I'ma like try a little, I'ma put my foot in, but I ain't gonna I ain't gonna put my whole leg in. You know what I'm saying? Like I'ma just observe, like do a little bit, but observe a lot more. And and that depends on your personality, you know what right. I'm saying? But right. I think, you know, so of course, everywhere is going to have an impact on me personally, because I'm right. just in this space of like, yo, like, let me see what's up. Like, let's, let's right. see what's up. But also, to be honest, as I started traveling a lot more. So, you know, Australia was 2005. I was still an undergrad. I graduated. I lived in Antwerp. I lived in Belgium for two months um, after I graduated. And that was amazing, too. Again, hustle had to kick in. I got a scholarship from a lawyer. Lawyer didn't pay the scholarship. They never came after me for the money. So I was like, well, God is good. All right. You know, so I'm, <laughs> I'm like living it up. You know, I have like a budget and I'm on a budget budget and, you know, just we out here, you know what I'm saying? So I got to hop around Europe a little bit, that experience. Um, But then as I got a little bit older, like as I started working and traveling or, you know, kind of being in these different spaces, professionally and personally while traveling, Different trips had different things I was dealing with, right. and when I went, that's what I had to deal with. So one example of that is I went to Central America in 2015, I believe. Was it 2015? 
Um, I actually wrote a blog about uh, who you can trust when you're when you're traveling solo, um, and that's on my blog currently, thevoluptuary.com, if you're interested. And that trip when I went to Central America, I'll be very honest, I was I was at a place. Um, a classmate of mine, I had gotten my master's degree in nonprofit management, and a classmate of mine, um, and she's a new mom too. So hi, Vicky, if you're listening. But we had a we met up in the city to have like you know, after work, like snacks and stuff and like drinks and whatever. And she was like, you know, and I got to tell you, like, you know, you're in this world, you know, at the time I had founded my nonprofit and I still have not gotten a grant, a formal grant for this, for this nonprofit that I have, mind you, but that's another story for another day. But at the time she was like, you know, you sound, she was like, I'm telling you this because I know you and, and I know how you are, but you sound like bitter. Like you sound like you, you like they need to give you this money. Mm-hmm. And I think that comes from a place of like your upbringing and your relationship with money. Mm-hmm. And she was very right. And, and, I, and I appreciate that insight to this day because I think that started, that started my whole like shift around how I see money, how I use money, how I, how I, how I think and manifest things related to money. Because I think it's very hard when you, so I just watched the 40 year old version on Netflix and you know the first rap that she did when she met D was about poverty porn. And I hate that shit. You know what I mean? Cause you know, that's yeah. real. Like these people are sitting at board tables talking about, you know, oh, boardrooms, like, oh, right. you know, well, we need to do this. And we, and it's like, but the people that's really doing it, you're not giving them no play. Right. You give two people one hundred thousand, then give seven people five thousand each. Like I don't, or whatever the math is. Like I don't, I don't prescribe to that. And I think it's very, it's it's another, it's another system that is hierarchical, that is racist, and I, I just, I'm not down with it. You know what I'm saying? And so some of the aggression is still there about around that, but my own relationship with money had to change. And so when I went to Central America, um, I got a free surf lesson. Um, a guy, the guy it. that got me the surf lesson, I guess he liked me or something like that, but he ended up getting me like five <laughs> fish and then one of his friends ate my fish. I was like, oh my God, he ate my fish. Like I still want it though. Like it was good. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, and then I got, I got, um, swindled at the border of Honduras changing money. And I was so upset about it. Um, and then that's when it hit me. I was like, but wait, like you got mad free stuff. Like, mm. you know, like, and getting swindled happens whenever you travel. Like, and I, yeah. I will tell you that, like y'all, yeah. if you ain't never been nowhere. If you've been like one of the mm-hmm. traveling, you gonna get swindled. But right. I'm gonna be really real with you. You getting swindled for like 15, like $15 maximum USD. Like it's, right. All, it's all right. Like, right. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. You know? And so. That trip was about money. Um, when I went to when I went to Southeast Asia, I went for three weeks. That was one of my longest trips that I did at that time in my life. That was one of the longest trips I did overseas. Um, you know, at the time, and I was that trip. I really wanted to connect. I wanted to get deeper in my spirituality. And on that trip, I went to a Hindu temple. I went to a mosque. I went to a Buddhist temple, and I went to a Catholic church in the same trip and in all these different places. And it just, it just made me realize we have much more in common than we have different. And I don't want to sound like a, you know, like a PSD. Oh, 
true. It's you know, true. Yeah, like you can't go into the Buddhist temple with no short shorts and no pum pum shorts. Right, right. <laughs> you got to cover up. That's why they got the shawls outside. You go see the sleeping Buddha. Like you can't, you can't just, you can't just be all up wherever you want willy nilly. Like you can't go into a church. Like the Hindu temple, you got to be respectful. Like you know, so it's it's been, it's just been a, a, a sensory experience. You know that that supports whatever reflective experience I'm in, and right. so not every single place. You know, I went to, I was pregnant, um, and my last my most recent and last international trip before COVID and before things shut down was to Dublin. I went to Dublin. That's right. I met some Trump supporters on my last day and I was very emotionally drained. I was crying and my boyfriend, he was like, well, why did you even talk to them? And I was like, I mean, but I always talk to people. He was like, no, talking to people. Like I told you about that. Like don't. And I was like, yeah, you right. But I was livid. But it just, look, I went to Dublin. I was not very much impressed. No offense if you love Dublin, but I wasn't really impressed. And I really just, I decided after that trip, I was like, you know what? I want to pay attention to more black and brown places. Like, um, like I, I don't, I, you know, right? I've done Europe now. I've, I've done, you know, I'm not saying I'm not going to do like Eastern Europe, but, you know, I've been, I've been clocking like two countries in Africa, like every year for like two years now and I think I'm gonna just keep that up because that I, yeah. I just I just, I just want to be with my peoples yo like all of this extra shit now like you living yeah. here you're watching people acting stupid acting like they can't even talk about race I'm like I don't got time for that any of this yeah because if you can't talk about it and I'm living it every single day then who's the clown you the clown like you the clown yeah. like you I literally read an article today about a teacher that they wanted to get fired because she taught her fourth grade class about racism yes I saw it. I saw it. Girl, I don't got, I don't got time. Like I have a son and my son is six months old. And this is what I'm talking about when I say I don't got time for the bullshit. Because at the end of the day, a conversation that y'all don't even want to have, that you're willing to give death threats to a teacher, to come at her whole family, to come at her life, to stop inviting her to shit. When at the end of the day, the same idea and the same belief that you have, makes you immune when my people getting shot for no reason. I don't I can't have that energy. Cause that's that's hypocrisy at its core. Right. And that's the part that just pisses me off. So I don't really have it in me to be supporting these whitey white countries like that right now. And for the next like two years, I'm kind of probably off that to be totally yeah. real with you. Yeah. Um you know and and that's the beauty of 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 shifting, and that's the beauty of of right. knowing where you you know what you want and what you want your money to count for and stand for. And you know, I love me some Paris though. I ain't gonna front. They the colonizer and they messed up too over there. But I fuck me some Paris. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't really want to hook. I was supposed to go there. <laughs> that's where I was supposed to go for my birthday. But it's something that you said that I want to. I really want to go back to uh, briefly. So there's a statement that you made when you were talking about your experience in Australia about, you know, I was just trying to do me yeah. in the way that will work for me. And one thing that I love about what you shared is like you find the balance between exploration and being genuine or exploration and being authentic to yourself. And that takes you knowing yourself and to be able to be in different environments, adapt and still be yourself, whether that was 
you know, an undergrad, whether that's this first experience, whether that's, you know, going to these places where, you know, shady stuff is going on, whatever, um, or even going somewhere that has so many subcultures or demographics within it. I think that that is such a, a major takeaway. And I love that you're able to connect to what it means to be you in the midst of change because people don't take that away from travel and the fact that you were able to I mean this Australia experience I really wanted to get more into it but like just the the fact that you were like relentless and resourceful and you learned to create your own sense of comfort and just be really intentional with adapting to the circumstances to make it fit for you but still be immersed in the experience like that is beautiful and that is such a key takeaway in life right because like you said you life is to be lived but you get to choose how you want to live it and you changing for life or like creating a sense of understanding like no life can adapt to me as well um i think it's such a powerful powerful perspective Oh, thanks. Thanks. I mean, I think I, I think ultimately I'm somebody who I'm a very principled person. I've always been about my principles. And so I think yeah. and and I yeah. and I wanna while I have this platform, I think I should share. And I think a lot of relationships, friendship, romantic, familial, boils down to that. It boils mm-hmm. down to the principles. When when things when things break down in relationships, it's because somebody's principles shifted and somebody yes. can agree with that. Yes. It's your principles, it's your morals, it's your values. Yeah. I'm not gonna rob nobody. Yeah. So if I can't afford it, I'm gonna let you know today right. I can't afford it. And if you wanna yeah. seek legal action, I mean you could do that, but if I can't afford it, then who's gonna tell you you could I'm gonna afford it when you sue me? I don't I don't got it. <laughs> like, I don't got it, I don't got it. Like so yeah. so so me backing out was the right thing to do in that housing context yeah. because we didn't have it. You know, it didn't make yeah. sense to throw all this money that was that was meant for my whole entire living time yeah. to a housing thing because I want to have I want to be able to get pizza on a card. Like I don't got time for this frou-frou extra shit. Like I'm just here yeah. to to live, right? So I think I've always been principled and I think I know what those principles are. Even if I can't, even if I couldn't when I was younger, even if I couldn't, well, I could, I could probably articulate it. I'm pretty good at communicating. So I don't, I don't think I couldn't articulate that, but you know, um, but 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 the thing is, even with that situation, sis. There could have been a lot of different other outcomes, right? Like you could have mm-hmm. went up, you could have went home, you could have said, like, I just can't do this, right? And the no, fact I'm that mad, no, but but you could have, right? Like yeah. it's not that it's not like how you responded could have been your only option. Maybe for you in your head, that was your only option, but at least as an outsider, I see it as um a choice. Yeah, that that was your choice and it this is the thing that that I see in even just how you travel and when I see stuff from afar like you're going to make the experience what you want it to be and even if something don't work out you're still going to adapt and like create the thing that you want right and I think that 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 is a really powerful thing and that means that you like you move through 
the world in such an empowering way. Um, and, and a lot of people don't, I mean, you know that you're confident and you don't really think about your confidence because it's just who you are, but like everybody doesn't have that sense of knowing or trusting of themselves or just that intentionality or just even that type of conviction when they move, you know? No, and, no, and I know that. And I think why that is, and, and this is why I started where I started when I started talking to you first in the conversation, right? Is because I think a lot of people, they won't admit it, but even me watching how other people move, right? And and watching how people navigate, even even in a time, even in a time like this, with the pandemic, with 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 everything, a lot of people are not thinking for themselves. A lot of people yeah. are very influenced by external sources. And so when when I say when I say I'm a very principled person, that means that it don't matter if everybody was like, yo, we not wearing masks no more. Fuck out here. I'm rocking my mask. And I don't care if I'm the only one. Like, I don't care. And that's a very, like, basic example. But I have examples of that. Yeah. No. Girl, I am Tulum the fuck out. Okay? Now, I'm going to tell you right now. I am Tulum the fuck out. And I I ain't never been to Tulum. I ain't never been to Tulum. I love you from Mexico. You know, I just was there last year in Guadalajara. I was in another, I was in Tequila Town. Like, they got a whole town for tequila. Like, you know, no offense. Right. To any, but this is, but even in my, and this is a, this is a source of frustration for me building my travel brand, right? Is that, you know, a lot of people, they only respond, they only respond to the flash shit, to the flashy flash. Yeah. The flashy right. flash don't give you no real information though. What do you know yeah. about where this person is? Do you know where it yeah. is? Do you know what they speak? Do you know what they eat? And it's like, my brand is not about, trust me, I'm a petite young woman, okay? I, I style on them. I could do that and I do that when I want to. But what you're not going to see on my Instagram for my travel account or my personal account and what you're not going to see on my website is mad pictures of me in my face. Because yeah. my thing is, I love the world. And that's what I'm trying to share is my love of humanity and the world. There are so many nice people, so many nice people everywhere, every single where. But if you're listening to what people are telling you on the media in America, you will think that everyone is an asshole. Everyone is out to get your ass. Don't nobody care. Everybody racist. You ever tell somebody black where you going and he be like, oh, it's racist over there. But sis, you never been. So how you know? Right. <laughs> you right. can't believe how many Haitians told my mom Australia was racist before I left. And my mom was like, but none of y'all never, and I told my mom, I said, but mom, but none of them never been nowhere. So how they, how right. they, how they, how they, they know? How do they, <laughs> have like, and you never went nowhere. Like, we don't even know what, what's happening in Australia right now. That's how limited our world news is. Like, just, yeah. you know, so a lot of people are already, are already hemmed up in yeah. the matrix. They already are. And so I don't even deal with those people because they're lost. These are the people that if they see somebody or they see enough people, you know, getting getting Botox, you don't see, you know what I noticed? They talking about Botox on E. My mom watches Keeping Up with the Kardashians. So, you know, I have to listen to it because she's here with the baby, you know? And they're talking about Botox. And I have people telling me, oh, I want to get Botox. I was like, are you dumb? Why? You want to inject botulism in your face for what? You don't know black don't crack. You don't need that. You don't need that. 
And so it's like, you have to, like, if anyone doesn't take anything else away from this conversation, it's that you have to wake up. A lot of people are in a slumber. A lot of people are getting bombarded with messages, are getting bombarded with what to do, what to say, what to wear, how to be, how to act. Coming from where? Social media, coming from the news, coming from TV, coming from whatever you consume. What you consume is what you become. And a lot of people don't understand that. And it's a conditioning, you know? And for me, I'm not going to be conditioned because ultimately I, I respond and I deal with a higher power. That is where I get everything. When things is getting crazy, even if they're not crazy, I'm thanking God. You know what I'm saying? If if there's a bill that's coming and they won't leave me alone, I'm like, yo, God, you better handle that because I don't got this money right now. And I'm trying my best, but that's all that I could do. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to let bill collectors stress me to the point where I'm having anxiety attacks. If I don't got it, like I said, I don't got it. So it ain't going to be nothing that you're going to do that's going to make me have it. It ain't going to be you calling me 50 million more times that's going to make me have it. And so we have to be able to come to come to ourselves, really come to ourselves and have these internal conversations. Like, what do I value? What do I believe in? What makes me feel good? And everything else, shut that shit down. And that's it. And, and, that's, and that's where you start. That's where you start these things. And it's, it's not easy. Like I said, you know, I live this life and trust me, it's not easy to see people getting accolades and you're like, but did you really even do shit? Like, listen, I, I, they, you know, these things go through my mind all the time and it's, yeah. I'm a human being. And, you know, obviously I don't want to be working on a brand and not getting no money off of it, but I also don't want to be disingenuous. I'm not yeah. selling, I'm not selling no travel when I don't know when I'm going to get on a plane again. I can't. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I just, I just don't see it's not right. I know a lot of people are not are not working or losing their jobs or don't know. And I just as a as a businesswoman, I don't feel like it's and there's always a market. But if I don't have that market right now, I could wait. You know what I'm saying? Like I could wait to, to develop or to 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 invest in the marketing to get to my market or to get to my audience of people that can't afford that. But I just, you know, and that's just where I am. That's just where I am. I miss travel. Yeah. I, I hate that the world is shut down. But if I tell you that I'm going to get on a plane with a baby in my house, with a partner who's safe, with a family of elders, because I need to get out and I need to go on vacation when I've been mad places, I just don't need to do that. And and, yeah. I, and it's okay for me to share that. I'm not going to shame nobody else, but I am going to look at you sideways if you feel like you're getting shamed and you don't, you, you can't expect that. Like it's, we right. could, <laughs> like we could wait, like, you yeah. know, like it's. It ain't no, yeah. a lot of people, look at what happened. A lot of people, why do they want to go now? They want to go now because everybody can't go. That's how some people think. You see, it's like the react, they're, they're, it's a stimulus uh, response thing. You know, like they only respond to stimulus and it's like, but you shouldn't have to only respond to a stimulus when you were a moving, waking, walking body with a conscience and with a soul. Think for yourself. And that's that's how I move. So, you know. Drop the mic on <laughs> them. Listen. And I appreciate you. I think that that is the perfect note to end on. Y'all, takeaways, you know, 
learn who you are authentically, learn who you are genuinely, let that person, let that being be with you no matter where you go, learn how to trust yourself, be open to experiences around learning about be open to experiences around learning about other people, about getting more connected to yourself, you know, learn how to walk your own path and not necessarily do things that other people are doing just because they're saying do it. And also learn how to trust yourself so that you don't keep yourself from living life because of the fear that other people or circumstances around you try to project onto you because you you take away your ability to just live. Thank you so much, sis. I appreciate you. You oh. know, um, drop drop the name of your blog. Now, did your book come out already? Oh, girl, no. The book, the book is the book is sitting in a digital file. Okay, because I'm like, hold on, I missed this. It ain't, it ain't no, 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 it ain't, it ain't. Okay. You know, and I know, so I want to big you up because you are self-published. And and I know I know another self-published um author as well, Crystal Wyatt, who I, I I know from Penn as well. And I love and I love that I love being able to be self-published, but I'm gonna just be honest. I wanna I wanna get it. I wanna have an agent, I wanna get a million dollar deal. Like, I'm trying to get this coin. Like and I know it's gonna be a New York Times best coin. So that's what I'm on right Girl, now. Do all and, that. Yes. You be you be authentic to your path. Okay. <laughs> Thank right. you so much, sis. <laughs> Thank you very much, sis, for um, coming on. Much appreciated. Thank y'all for tapping in to The Shift is Real. Want to encourage you to be open, to be mindful to the lessons, the shift, the opportunities for growth that are happening within you and around you. There's shifts always happening. The shifts are always real. Want to encourage you. Seek to shift. Seek to grow. Seek you make sure that you like subscribe share this with somebody leave a review uh leave a rating just just give some feedback y'all thank y'all again so much until next time be well Well, y'all, that's the end of today's episode. I hope that you got something from it. Thank you so much for your support. Please make sure to like, follow, subscribe, share this with a friend. I am accessible via my website, www.livethebelife.com. You can feel free to shoot me an email. If you want to subscribe to my newsletter, I send out newsletters once or twice a month. I'm on Instagram and Twitter handle at the T-H-E underscore B-E underscore life. Also have a Facebook page. All my products are available online on Amazon, but they're also listed on my website. Hope that you move forward in your day, in your week, feeling connected to yourself and grounded. Hope that you just stay aware of the shifts that are going on within and around you because they're always happening. Don't forget, seek to shift, seek to grow, seek to be you. Until next time, be well.